If you, have your, if you have your Bibles, uh, this morning we'll be in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 16. We'll be in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, and we will start with verse 24. Matthew 16, verse 24. And if when you get to Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24, if you would please stand this morning, if you can, to pay reverence for the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 the word of God says this and says then said Jesus unto his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it dear heavenly father lord we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning once again I pray uh, Lord, that you'll watch over this family, Lord, that you'll watch over this family of Christ, that you'll, that you'll bless us, that you'll watch over us during these holiday seasons, that you'll take this uh, scripture, Lord, Father, that's been impressed upon our hearts. And Lord, we just want to draw closer to you. We want to obey you in all things. Lord, we, we want to see wonderful things happen in the house of God today. Lord, I just want you to help us, uh, lead God and direct us, hide this sinful man behind the cross and help us, Lord, Father, to, uh, to do your will. Lord, I thank you for what's already happened today, Lord. I thank you for these children and I thank you for the adults, Lord. Uh, been involved with it. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be seated. Now in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 24, we, we see Jesus sort of lay something out to his disciples. And uh, the same thought process is today that uh, is really was last Sunday too. Last Sunday sort of focused on uh, uh, who is Jesus? Uh, who is Jesus to us? And you know, I don't know, I know how long I'll be beating that drum, but today we're going to focus again on who is Jesus? Now, last week, uh, uh, Jesus was prophecy fulfilled. Uh, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies, something that was pretty much impossible uh, for any man to do. Uh, Jesus did. Now, that's who Jesus is, but today uh, we want to spend a little time uh, uh, looking on who Jesus is uh, in another subject, uh, but also looking at the Scriptures uh, where Jesus is talking. Now, Jesus is saying something uh, uh, very different. Now, there's an obvious difference between something with life uh, and something that's dead. Uh, there's a difference between something that has, uh, is inanimate and something that is animate. And, and we're going to see that in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. He says that Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me. The first thing that you need to realize is if you want to follow Jesus, uh, it is completely up to you. Yeah. Uh, you have to realize today that if you want to follow Jesus Christ, it is your choice. He is not going to make you do it. He's not going to drag you to an altar. Uh, uh, he's not going to beat you with the Bible and get you saved today. It is your choice if you want to follow Him. If any man will come after me. Uh, a big part of that is, is our choice, uh, but to have a choice to do something, you have to have a desire to do it. Now, each one of us, if you do very much in this world, desire makes you want to do things. Now, desire makes you want to get up and you want to uh, follow Jesus. Desire is not an emotion. It's a choice. Uh, so many people treat uh, the salvation experience uh, uh, going to an altar crying. They, they tie it all to emotions. Uh, but truly, you have to realize it is your choice. You have to decide that you want to follow Jesus. It is not goosebumps. Uh, it is not hair raising up on the back of your neck. Uh, it is not crying in an altar that truly saves you. It is deciding within yourself that you are going to follow Jesus. It is a desire. 
things that drive desire. We have wealth, we have love, uh, people have success, uh, uh, people have fame. Uh, all those things are driven by a desire uh, to want to lift yourself up, uh, to acquire more money, to acquire more fame, to acquire success. Uh, now today, uh, you have to decide that you want to acquire salvation, that you want to acquire eternal life, uh, that you want to acquire a home that is a mansion uh, waiting for you in paradise, uh, in a place that is perfect, in a place that has a, a river and streets of gold, in a place where Jesus is the light and there is no darkness. You have to make that decision. You have to have that desire. You have to make the decision if you want to follow Jesus. You have to make the decision if you want to accept Him into your life. Things we have to have the most, we have the most simplest and the most difficult thing to decide upon today. We do. Now I want you to know, if you're lost today, you have the decision to make. It's going to be the biggest decision of your life, where if you're lost, you're going to leave this place, and when you die, you're going to go to hell. Or if you die and you leave this place, you're going to die and you're going to go to heaven. That's the desire that you have to have. Now, you know, most of you, if you've accepted Christ and you've been saved, and when we think of it that way, we say, why would anybody say no? Why would anybody say, well, no, I don't want any of that. No, I don't, I don't want a, a, somebody that loves me. I don't want to accept him. Or I don't want somebody that was born a, of a virgin there in the manger and, and grew up to be a perfect Savior. I don't want to follow him. Now, if you're saved today, you, you think, why would you choose that? It's desire. We focus on earthly desires. We focus on ourselves, uh, how we feel, uh, how we want to feel, how we want to succeed. And so many times Jesus is not in the equation. I've been there. You know, I, I've been preaching you know, for quite some time, and, I, and I've been saved for over half my life. But even since I've been saved, I've looked and said, well, why do I want to go through this church thing? <laughs> I do. I've said that to myself. I've preached and, and I've said, why do I want to keep doing this? I can lead that horse to water, but I can't make anybody drink. You can bring them and you can bring them to a buffet filled with food. You can call them up to that old supper Jesus talks about. You, you can lay up all the things spiritually food you can have and nobody will eat. Well, I don't like inviting people over to my house and cook them food and they don't eat nothing. That'll hurt my feelings. Now, how many of you invite somebody over, you cook a big old five, six-course meal, have all kinds of vittles, we get down there in the, in the fellowship hall a little bit, and you sit over in the corner and sulk, you don't want to eat nothing. Yeah. You're going to hurt everybody cook something's feelings. Now, do you want to upset Jesus Christ that laid out all these things for you to take part of? That He lived a life and He's laid them out before you. I, I, I realize that sometimes we don't desire those things. But my goodness, I've realized that I need them. I desire them. I want them. I want to see fruit. I want to see things for Jesus Christ. So if any man will come after me, it's your choice. You have to have a desire to do it. The next part says, let him deny himself. First thing we see is you, you have to follow Jesus. You have to have that desire. The second thing you see is you have to deny yourself. You have to realize what that tries to say is you need to have a decision to follow me. And the second thing you need to do is you need to realize that you're not all that important. Yep. He is what is important. Amen. You have to realize who is more important. What is denying yourself? Okay? Yep. When you do work for God before you care about what other people think. Okay? 
If we, if we worried about what everybody thought our whole life through ministry, I would never get nothing done. I sure wouldn't stand behind a pulpit, get excited, and a lot of Sundays get sweaty. I, I, I wouldn't spend hours studying. I, I wouldn't spend time in prayer because I would think that the world would think that I'm crazy. And guess what? If you lost, and even if you saved today, you may think I'm crazy. I get excited for what Jesus has done for me. I get excited to know, hey, we need to deny ourselves. We work for God mightier than we do anything else. I like to go fishing. It's been years since I've been fishing. It's been years. I got all the fishing poles any man could ever want. You get in my garage and look, I got all the nice bait casters and all the, the nice reels and all the nice lines and all the nice lures you could think of over time. I don't know what I spent on fishing lures and lines and poles, but I can stand back and look at that and say, what a waste. All I'm doing is going out and just enjoying time to myself. Now, we all need that. But how much time did I waste sitting on a boat trying to catch a fish? (laughs) How much time do we waste watching television at home? How many times do we waste time just doing silly, nonsense things that when we really think about our lives, we haven't denied ourselves anything. We have done everything that we have been able to do that we wanted to do. How many of you, you can probably say that this week I pretty much did whatever I wanted. I went to work. I watched the television the way I wanted to. I did everything I wanted. I did not deny myself. I did not open a Bible. I did not pray. I did not focus on Jesus Christ. I did not give to the poor, even though I may not get to eat. So many Christians are driven by themselves. Yourself. The only reason you came today might have been just yourself. To be saint, I don't know your heart. And I don't know you like I'm not trying to call anybody out. But so many Christians are driven by you. Driven by the ultimate me. Everything should be focused on Jesus. As we get ready to come to church, as we get ready for this holiday season, it's all about what happened in the little manger. It's all about what got laid in a, in a trough that grew up to be a, a Savior for us. It's all about that perfect King that was born right there in that little manger, destined to die for us. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. I want you to realize what it says in Galatians here. It says, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live is in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, if you're a Christian today, once again, if you want to follow Him, it's your decision. But the next thing you need to do is figure out you are not important. You are not yourself. The Bible says that you are a new creature. You have become something different, and it is better than what you were before. I am way better than before I got saved. You say, Zach, you're getting older, you're getting age, you're gaining weight, and you're losing your hair. Yeah. I'm glad to say the Lord's let me here on this earth for the years that He's allowed me to be here. But guess what? I can praise Him to know that eternally I'm going to live with the King. Eternally I'm going to be with the Savior. Can we deny ourselves for such a great reward? My goodness, what He'll bless us with. The next part of that, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And then it says, and take up his cross. Let's think about that just a minute this morning. 
It says, take up His cross. It asks you, very simply, to bear your cross. I want you to realize it does not say bear my cross. Jesus is not talking about His cross. A lot of people read this, and I, you know, I, I think I'm trying to understand this as clearly as I can. He wants us to bear our cross. Now, the whole purpose, the symbolization of a cross in, in the Christian religion and, and, and what we are today, if you're a child of the King, the whole purpose of the cross, the symbolization is cause. That's what it is. It's their cause of something. That the cross exists so He could save us. The death on the cross exists to save us from our sins, to wipe away those things and to forgive us. The cross today symbolizes saving you. Now, I can't pick that up. That cross is too heavy for me to pick up. I can't tote that cross. So Jesus, when He says to take up your cross, to take up His cross, uh, is telling us that we have to take up our cause. Uh, the cross today that we look at here, the cross that we have to pick up, is what has Jesus done for you? We have to pick that up. What has Jesus done for you? Well, He saved my soul, praise the Lord. He saved my little old baby in the ICU for those uh, three or four weeks. Uh, he's taken care of my children, and I have been blessed beyond measure uh, for those children to grow up. I got a, a wife that, that loves me, and I love her, and I got a church family that, that prays for me and calls me and texts me. My goodness, I'm blessed beyond measure. That's the cross that I have to tote around. That's what I need to tell her. What he's saying is take up your cross. Uh, you need to go out in the world, uh, and you need to tell people what, what he's done for you. What has God done for you today? That's the cross that you've got to pick up. Now, I don't care how much you want to deny it. You want to sit back there and say, well, the Lord ain't blessed me. I want to know. I want you to know if you lost and if you saved this morning, Jesus has done something for you. Yes, sir. You're still above the dirt. Amen. Oh, have mercy. That graveyard out there is full of folks that thought they had another day. Yes, sir. That graveyard is out there full of folks that said, I'll wait till next Sunday to accept Christ. I will wait. I won't take up my cross. I won't realize what Jesus has done for me exclusively. Taking up your cross is realizing what has God done for you. If you really think hard, I, you shouldn't have to think very hard. You're going to know what God's done for you. You're going to know He's blessed you. Well, I, you know, I, something when I was a little kid, I used to get sick all the time. My mom and daddy told me this many times. I'd get a sniffle and a, a little cough, and I'd keep it for a month. I'd keep it for two months. If they didn't take me to the doctor, I was sick. And my little old girl, I think she might have inherited the same thing. She gets a little sniffle cough. She's sick. Uh, buddy, you're going to have to end up taking her to the doctor eventually. Uh, but I've realized that when I got older, I hardly ever get sick. Now, I, I lay out a praise to that. There's a lot of people that go through a, a sicknesses and can't fight nothing with their old weak bodies and weak immune systems. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I can pick up a cross and say, He heals me. He takes care of me. There's sometimes during the week I feel horrible. I don't even know if I preach that Sunday. Hey, Sunday morning wakes up and I say, Lord, have mercy. I feel fine. Yes, sir. I want you to know He's good to us. He loves us. Amen. Take up your cross. How much has He blessed you this week, this month, this year, your whole life? He loves us. Yes, He's answered my prayers. My goodness, what has Jesus done for you? He's blessed me with health, financial, with friends, with family. I should be praising Him 
constantly. Yes, sir. Who here can't say that I, I should serve Him constantly? Take up your cross. Now don't, it doesn't say take it up, tote it two feet and set it back down. It says to take it up. That means to hold on to it. Hold on to what God has done for you. We must deny our own selves. We have to make that own choice. We have to take up our cross and show the world what we're doing for the Lord. But the next thing he tells them to do, he tells them this. In verse 24, thou, uh, verse 24, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. And then he says, and follow me. Amen. The fourth thing that Jesus tells us to do, he asks for commitment. Oh, we got some wishy-washy Christians today. We got wishy-washy people in the church. Yep. We got people that will not commit. They won't do anything. They they say they'll do something, but they'll do it for a while and they get tired and they move on. We have so such a messed up society. Hey, it's my age group. I'm only 32 years old, and I'll tell you, my age group's messed up. We can't commit to nothing. We don't want to commit to nothing because everything we've seen in the past doesn't work. You can't work somewhere 35 years and draw a pension. Nobody does that. You can't trust the government to wiretap your phones. We look at so many things and we can't commit because we doubt. He asks you to have compassion. Yes, sir. When He asks for you to have commitment to follow Him, He's asking you to do what He would do. How many of us truly do what Jesus would really do? i tell you one thing. He wouldn't have the road rage that I have going down the road sometimes. Uh, he, he wouldn't get upset at his wife because uh, uh, she didn't tell him one thing during the week and he forgot uh, that afternoon and everything was messed up with his plans. He wouldn't get mad because of silly, simple things going on in the world. He asked you to have compassion. He asked you to pray. He asked you to love, to give, to comfort, to hug on people, to let them know they mean something to you. He stands on His promises. And He asks you to stand on them too. He tells you to rebuke people too. Yes, sir. It ain't just all lovey-dovey now. I, I, you know, I just love people, comfort people. Hey, he tells you to rebuke people, to stand and to rightly divide the word of truth. Yes. He wants us to be like Him. And most importantly, not be like Him on Sundays. Y'all hear me, church? Not be like Him for two hours on Sunday morning. Yeah, bro. Not be like Him for two services, for three services. Not to be like Him during a revival. He tells us to be commit. Follow me. Now, if you follow somebody and you follow them for a little while, I don't know about y'all, but if I took y'all out in the woods back here and I knew these woods, if I knew them like the back of my hand, I'd say, follow me. And you go down through the woods and you follow me real close. You're stepping where I'm stepping. You're looking where I'm looking. You're doing everything I ask you to do. And then you look off to the left. And I keep walking. What happens? You're going to get lost. Yes, sir. You're going to lose your way. It may take a while, and I may even turn around and help you back. And that's what Jesus does. Yes, sir. He's just far enough away that I believe Jesus is always looking back for you to keep on following Him. Yes, Commitment to Jesus Christ. We try to make it so hard. Right. It's one of the simplest things you can do. Yes, sir. He's always there for you. He says He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll be with us all the way, even to the end of the world. Yep. He laid down His life, not to just... I, I couldn't understand a Savior that leads you into the woods and then leaves you when you give up. That ain't the Savior we got. 
He went to the cross and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he ascended to be on the right hand of God. I want you to know, he's bearing intercessor for us today. He is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the light. No one come to the Father except through him. Nobody does. He asks you to be committed. Verse 25 says, Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Hmm. Whoever shall save his life shall lose it. What he's trying to say is if you're worried about yourself, yourself really means nothing. Now, I've said that a lot of times and it sounds blunt, but you need to realize that if you're worried about yourself, yourself ain't really that important. You're going to die. One of these days your children's going to die. One of these days your parents are going to die. One of these days your cousins are going to die. Everybody dies. It's appointed unto man wants to die, and after this the judgment. We're all going to die. And most of us have been to funerals. Most of us have had people that we love pass away and die. We have to know that whosoever shall save this life shall lose it. Your life, however important it may seem to you, is worthless without living for Jesus. I realized that a while back. I realized there wasn't nothing I could do to make myself feel as good as when I served the Lord. There's nothing. I couldn't go to a ball game. I couldn't cheer for a certain team. I couldn't uh, fish enough. I couldn't uh, go on vacations enough. I, I couldn't do this or that enough to make me feel good. You know, what I, you know what I mean, church, today? To feel good. How many of you really feel good every day when you wake up in the morning? Now, I'm getting older, and I, I'm, I'm waiting for the, for the aches and the pains. Most of you laughing, the older ones, yeah. You're looking for some pains here pretty soon, buddy. We're looking for those things, but I'm glad that we can wake up in joy. Praise the Lord, He let me live another day. Praise the Lord, He let me preach another message. Praise the Lord, He, he let me work for Him. He let me hug some lost person's neck that does not realize who Jesus is yet, but I'm trying to show them because I'm following Him. Amen. The next part says, Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Your life ain't important. He tells us to give up your life and you'll find Him. Give up your life. Well, that hurts a lot of people's feelings. Give up your life. I ain't telling you to go home, sell your possessions like, like the rich young ruler. Go sell everything you got. Give it to the poor. Follow me. Hey, that's before Jesus was crucified. Today, I want you to realize that He loves you and there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with your house. There's nothing wrong with your bank accounts. It says here, whoever loses life. Give up some things in your life. How many of you remember the last time you gave something up to follow Jesus. Boy, Saturdays are sacred among some folks. Woo! Saturdays, Sundays is even rough for some folks. Your whole life you've always went fishing or, or went on trips or went shopping on Sundays and boy, they start going to church and they want me to go to church on Sundays? They want me to show up for maybe something they're doing on a Saturday? I just don't know about that. Uh, that's usually my fishing day. Uh, that's the day that I go hunting. Uh, that's the day I do this and that. There is no joy in your life unless Jesus is the focal point of your life. I'm not telling you to give up your fishing and your hunting and, and you go into ball. I'm not telling you to do that. You can go enjoy all those things. I do, and I enjoy them. But Jesus has to be the focal point. If I go to a ball game on a late Saturday night, you think I'm going to show up to church with no message? I didn't study all week because I was too busy for a ball game. I'm going to show up with nothing on my mind, no prayer, no, no anything, no, no thinking about, no prayer, no, nothing, not prepared for church. 
He asks you something so simple. He asks you to make a decision. He asks you to follow Him, to take up your cross. He asks you to deny yourself, and He'll give you life. How many of you are really missing life? There's been times that I've worked 40, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week. I've come home. I went fishing that afternoon. I did this. I watched TV. I don't even know where the week went. I didn't honor God through the whole thing. The whole thing's been gone. It did not matter. I felt numb during the whole process because I was just going through the motions. People show up to church on Sunday mornings. Uh, they don't want to listen to a preacher preach. Uh, they don't want to listen to a teacher teach. Uh, they sure don't want to listen to no singing. And they want to get out of the church as quickly as possible. They are missing joy. That's how I feel sometimes when I'm working. <laughs> I want to get out of that situation. I want this to be done and over. I want this project to be done. How many of us look at church that way? Lord help us. Probably more than we want at men. Well, I want him to shut up so I can get down there and eat me some of that food. I'm hungry. I cooked that stuff three hours ago. It's probably cold. Think about it, church. Think about how committed you are, how much you love God, how much you give up your life so that you can follow Jesus Christ. How much have you? As they get a verse of some song ready today. Yeah. Jesus can give you life today. True life. You've never experienced true life to show you that He will love you and you will never experience that life unless you turn your life over to Him. The only way you're going to experience true life, the only way you're going to experience the love that passes all other love, that shows you love beyond anything you can understand, is Jesus. The question that I started off with, who is Jesus? Last week He was the fulfilling of the prophecy. This week, He's the one that gives life. He is life. If you want to live better than you've ever lived before, if you want to feel closer and better and more peace than you've ever felt before, follow the Prince of Peace. If you want to feel healthy than you've ever felt before, follow the Great Physician. If you want to feel all kinds of love, hey, follow the one that is the Prince of Peace. My goodness, He is the one that loves us. It's your choice today. Yes, sir. If you want to